Broadcasting from down on the bayou, it's the Average Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, powered by Lake Area Media, LLC. And now your hosts, David Boston and Patrick Fry. Welcome to episode 113 of the Amp Wrestling Podcast. It says we're live here, Patrick. It's been a while since we did Melon. Uh... Let me check YouTube here. It's been a while since we did. Yeah, yeah, we're live. Uh, <laughs> yep, I hear it. <laughs> we are live. Hey, make sure you check out our AMP Amazon. Um, what's the word that I'm looking for here, Patrick? Link URL. Yes. Tinyurl.com slash Amazon AMP. I've done it enough times now that I, I kind of I memorized it. So there you go. Tinyurl.com slash Amazon AMP. Just save it as a bookmark, and then anytime you want to go to Amazon, you hit that bookmark and just do your regular shopping. And uh, we get a little bit of the, uh, I guess, proceeds. I guess almost almost like you're donating to charity in a sense. The wrestling charity or a wrestling podcast charity, so to speak. Uh, you don't pay anything extra. We just get a little bit of percentage of uh, what Amazon gets from you. So. Uh, would you rather go to Amazon, who already has more more than enough money, or would you rather give it to us, who who needs who need the money to help make this podcast uh, just a little bit better? Yeah, and a little bit goes a long way because most of the stuff that you're going to get on there is going to give us a commission of four percent, three percent. So you know, a lot of times it comes out to under a dollar, but you know, we get enough people doing that in the Am Nation and. Uh, we can start funding some really cool stuff here. Maybe some uh, trips, maybe paying to get some, uh, I guess, some, you know, old superstars on here for like yeah. interviews or like as a mm-hmm. guest host when one of us is out. And speaking of that, we want to say we apologize. Last week, we had a faux pas with our high school football game. So it kind of messed us up. And then we had to do college. We had to do professional. Now Patrick's doing volleyball. So we got a lot of things going on. That's why we're on today here Tuesday as well. So uh, we appreciate you guys sticking with us through this crazy time. But as always, you can always catch it on your favorite podcast network, iTunes. Uh, iTunes went away, didn't it? I mean, Apple Podcasts, I think it's the same thing. So I, I have the Apple Podcast. That's what I used to listen to podcasts, and we're on there. So Apple Podcast, I, I believe Spotify, you can find us on there. Google uh, I'm Podcast. Not sure, I'm not sure of any others, but I do know you can find us on Apple Podcasts. So that's the one I use. Yeah, and then uh, you can find us on CastBox as well. So in iHeartRadio. So we'll be there on Fridays as always. Well, maybe not as always because of last week. But what we got going on in episode 113, Patrick? All right. For episode 113 for Tuesday, September 28, 2021, we're going to talk about AEW Dynamite Grand Slam and Rampage Grand Slam. It was a big week for AEW last week with those two big shows. We'll talk about those two shows. Also, another big announcement AEW made last week is the partnership with the Owen Hart Foundation, and uh, that's a huge partnership. A lot of cool things are going to come out of that. We're going to talk about that as well. Also, this past weekend was WWE Extreme Rules. We'll Talk about that as well. And then uh, since our last podcast, there's been a lot of uh, backlash from the dark side of the ring, uh, the plane ride from hell. They also had the Chris Canyon episode that came out, which I didn't get a chance to see yet. But the uh, the plane ride from hell, 
had a lot of backlash, uh, specifically with uh, with Ric Flair. We'll talk about that as well. And then also we have the rumor mill. Uh, what are WWE's plans for Alexa Bliss? Could Dominic Mysterio now be wearing a mask just like his his dad? And also some rumors on Braun Breaker, who is uh, the, the next, or at least seems like he's the next up-and-coming um, star in NXT, the new rebranded NXT. So we'll talk about that and everything else coming up here on the Amp Wrestling Podcast, episode number 113 for Tuesday, September 28, 2021. Find us on your favorite social media platform, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, Twitter. We're there to search Amp Wrestling Podcast. All right. So last week, huge week uh, for, for AEW. They went to Arthur Ashe Stadium. I saw they had a, they, they were doing a lot of uh, media in New York City. Uh, I seen a couple of interviews with CM Punk and uh, Brian Danielson that they did with Brandon Walker of Barstool Sports. So I know they were doing a lot of media, you know, interviews and whatnot last week, really hyping up um, the Arthur Ashe show uh, on Wednesday. I think it was all taped on Wednesday. And then, of course, Rampage aired on TNT on Friday night. But uh, kind of start from the beginning here. Well, it all started off Wednesday night. First match was the match everyone had been waiting for, Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson. First time ever. I think it's the, is it the first time ever, I think, these two guys uh, meet in a wrestling ring? I think so, because I don't even know if Kenny Omega was really on the scene last time Brian Danielson wasn't in WWE, which was about 2009 or or something like that. Uh, I don't even think Kenny Omega was really on on the scene at at that point. But uh, these two guys met for the first time. As Brian Danielson's also first match in AEW is a non-title match. Really the most hyped match uh, in in a while for AEW, and they've had some big hyped matches uh, in recent memory ever since uh, they've come back onto the road with their shows. But it was about as good as you would expect it to be. Uh, they they wrestled to a time limit draw. Uh, I, I knew Brian Danielson was going to look really good. I mean, he's had a few months off, but as much ring time as he's put in over over the years, you know, take a few months off. Uh, that that that's not going to affect Brian Danielson whatsoever. And then, of course, Kenny Omega has been carrying the company uh, for the for the better part of a, a year now since he won. I mean. Uh, even longer than that, you know, he was obviously when he came aboard, he was one of the hottest wrestlers in the world. Still is one of the hottest wrestlers in the world. One of the most popular wrestlers. Yeah. As he came from new Japan pro wrestling, he really, you know, shot up into stardom in new Japan pro wrestling. He came to America to join his buddies, the young bucks and Cody and starting up AEW. And then of course, last December won the AEW world title from John Moxley. He's been carrying it, ever since and now they got the elite and so they're really you know taking this torch and running with it and now you got a guy like brian danielson and i really loved the build-up to this match because it was it was very simple brian danielson showed up and said you're not in my league and we all know we know we all know how good brian danielson is i mean he's one of the the all-time i don't want to say all-time greats but he's his body of work speaks for itself and how good he is, how good of a technical wrestler he is. And we know what he's capable of as uh, Cruz there uh, in, in the chat. He's off today. So uh, when we do Tuesday podcast, we get the pleasure of having Cruz join us in the chat and Cruz, you join us at a good time. We're talking about 
the big Brian Danielson Kenny Omega match from AEW Dynamite last Wednesday and how great of a match it was. But I really thought Brian Danielson was going to win this match because it was a, it was a non-title match. I said, well, that right there to me, in my opinion, kind of gave it away that okay, Brian's going to win the match. Obviously, you're not going to have Brian win a championship in his first match, even though, in my opinion, you could get away with it because he's Brian Danielson. But they had a great match, and it goes to a time limit, limit draw because it was one of those things where I think people wanted to continue to see them wrestle. I mean, these two guys put on an absolute clinic. Even Jim Cornette, who is arguably one of AEW's big, biggest critics and Kenny, Ome- one of B- Kenny Omega's biggest critics, said that, it's the best Kenny Omega match he's ever seen with Brian Danielson. So obviously he's had some other classic matches uh, that have gotten five. Well, this match did get five stars. Dave Meltzer did give it five stars, but obviously Kenny Omega's had, I think six and I think even maybe a seven star match with Okada at one point, but Jim Corn, even Jim Cornette said it was the greatest match he, he had ever seen with, um, with Kenny Omega in it. So if, if you can take your biggest critic and Jim Cornette, and even have him praise your match, then uh, you're obviously doing something, doing something right. And it was a tremendous match. Uh, would love to see these two guys wrestle again. I'm pretty sure they're going to wrestle again. Uh, I would not be surprised. Uh, a lot of people were talking about maybe them doing an Iron Man match, maybe letting them go for an hour, see who gets the most pinfalls. I know Kenny's done an Iron Man match with with Pack already, which in my opinion, still one of the greatest AEW matches ever, at least one-on-one matches, that is. And um, that was a really fun match. Uh, I remember watching that. And that was only a 30-minute match, uh, Iron Man match. So maybe if they do it at a pay-per-view, they'll let them go for an hour. Who knows? But um, this is not over, certainly, this uh, particular feud here. And boy, as far as I'm concerned, they're just getting started, and I can't wait to see what they do with these two guys. You know what I don't like about doing our podcast on Mel and Patrick? We can't have a fluid conversation. It's like yeah. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta wait for you to stop, and you gotta wait for me to stop, or it's just gonna cancel out all the volume. Um, Cruz said only because BD carried Omega. That's what he said. He still won't give credit to Omega. Well, I mean, hey, you know, the thing about Jim Cornette, he's uh, he's consistent. He, he he has his story and he sticks to it, whether you agree with him or not. So, but you got to admit, he he did give more praise to Omega for that match than he has probably any other match. And, and Jim Cornette makes a living now of critiquing AEW, pretty much. I remember at one point he stopped critiquing AEW in his podcast and like. I think his numbers started going down. People wanted to hear what he thought of AEW, so he had to go back, obviously, and, and you know give his honest thoughts on AEW. So he does that every week now. But nonetheless, uh, you know, the match was as good as expected. I mean, with those two guys, the expectations are... I don't even know if you can measure them because some people just expect that the, the they're going to see the greatest thing, the greatest match ever inside the squared circle when those two guys come in there. And I'm not saying that that match was the greatest match ever, but it was as good as expected. And uh, I'm very anxious to see uh, what else they do, uh, how they, you know, progress this, this feud here. And I'm, I'm excited about a possible Iron Man match. I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but 
I'm very excited about the possibility of these two guys wrestling for an hour just to see what you know what they do in an hour time span. And, you know, like you said, I don't know if this is the first match between the two guys, but I'll tell you what, every time they come in there, you got to hear about Excalibur wrestling them in 2003 in Dusseldorf, Germany, yep. or Poughkeepsie, New York. Yeah, sometimes uh, Excalibur, uh, sometimes he, he finds a way to make it about himself, but, you know, whatever. I, uh, it's like he, he's always trying to get the rub off of all these other superstars. Like, dude, just shut up. Stop wearing a mask. Nobody cares about you. Yeah, I mean, I, he's a decent announcer. That's the word I was looking for. I got yeah, word there. He's a decent announcer, but sometimes I'm, he just says things, and I'm like, "Who cares?" Like, you know, just just call the match, dude. Now, a lot of times I'm watching like that match in particular. You know, I wasn't even really paying attention to what the the uh, the announcers were saying. I was I was so into the match itself that. I just sometimes I'm oblivious to what they say, so um, it doesn't really bother me probably as much as it might bother other people. But that's just because I don't pay that much attention to the announcing. I'm more into the match, specifically Omega and and, and Danielson. And I tell you what, um, usually how I catch the AEW Dynamite and Rampage is on YouTube where people put it on there like a few hours afterwards. And I guess Tony Khan and his team, they're making the screw you list because uh, all these channels that used to post Rampage and in Dynamite, they've been taken off of YouTube completely. Mm-hmm. Well, <sighs> right infringement, bro. Hey, what you going to do? YouTube TV is wanting me to sign up. I keep resisting. That's what I got, and I love it. I mean, it's, it, it, it takes a nice hit to the wallet every month. But, uh, <laughs> yes, it does. But I use it, one, for it, because it, the, the DVR feature on there is, like, unlimited. So, like, if I miss an AEW Dynamite or a Rampage, which is on a Friday night during football season, I'm, I tend to miss more Rampages, so I, I can go back and watch it. Um, and it's a really cool feature, and then I love the uh, and I use it for football season too to watch college football, NFL. And I got a red zone as well, so it's really a where you're getting a shameless free pr- plug here for YouTube TV. But um, I, I enjoy it for for the price. Like I said, it takes a little bit of a hit, but you get your money's worth in my opinion for uh, for for what I pay for it at least uh, the packages I got. Yeah, YouTube, you were built on piracy. Help us out a little bit here. So. Anything left to add to Omega and, and Danielson? I mean, like I said, it, it was a great match. It, it was what it was. I, I expected. The, the crowd was super hot at the beginning of of the show, at the beginning of the match. I mean, when they locked up, the crowd went nuts. So, yeah, overall, it was a great match. I liked how they had a slow build to it. They didn't just get after it, you know. They yeah. just like made us want it even more by just sitting yep. there and waiting. And I think now with the time limit draw. I think they, for a lot of people, including myself included, you know, we want more now. We want even more. We want to see these guys go at it again. Like, what else do these guys have? Because in my opinion, I feel like as good as that match was, I know those two guys have so much more to offer in the ring, bell to bell, against each other. So I'm I'm really excited about uh, when those two guys step in the ring one-on-one again. Yeah. 
All right, the next match was uh, MJF. Uh, he defeated Brian Pillman Jr. Not much to say about this match. I figured Brian Pillman, I mean, uh, excuse me, MJF was going to win the match. At this point, I mean, MJF is so, you know, he's, uh, I wouldn't say he's, so, he's, he's over as a heel for, for sure. I mean, no doubt about that. I mean, it's crazy because his parents were at the show and his parents made a sign. This was a funny picture. Um, his parents made a sign, said something along the lines of, uh, we're MJF's parents and we think he sucks too. And, like <laughs> MJF like retweeted his mom and was like, fuck off mom or something like that. So yeah, he, he really said that. So MJF's heel, you know, persona is right now is, is at an all time high in my opinion. Um, but, uh, you know, that I, I don't think much about that match. I knew MJF was going to win. I mean, no point in putting Brian Pillman Jr. over on MJF. I, right now, I think they're starting to kind of build MJF to maybe get into the, the main event picture, uh, so to speak. I mean, I, I know, obviously, he fought Chris Jericho at All Out, and that's somewhat of the main event picture. But maybe in a, in a championship sort of sort of way, they're going to – it's going to be sooner than later, I think, they're going to put MJF in a, in a title picture. But right now, you got – you know, Kenny, I mean, I don't see MJF taking the belt off of Kenny. I don't see him taking the TNT belt off of Miro. But, you know, right now, MJF, they're getting him ready for to put some kind of gold around him or something. I know he's got the diamond ring that he always uses. But at some point soon, sooner than later, in my opinion, MJF is going to be in a, in a main uh, main event title picture or whatever the, whatever you want to call it. Um, I love how in AEW, for the most part, like they're heels. They, they, they can almost say like anything. I mean, talking about his crackhead mom and talking about aborting him and then yep. going down there and talking to his sister and asking if it was his like dead daddy's baby, uh, you know, with incest it, 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 and his caster says. Yeah, I know. It's crazy how it's just sometimes you think, all right, when is, you know, you think MJF pushes it too far and then. He goes even further than that. So yeah. it's like, Jesus Christ. But I, I, I would think Max obviously gets the AOK to say a lot of the things, if not everything he says, because of how, you know, uh, how controversial a lot of the things he says is. So, well, and I'm, I'm okay. Like I said, I, I, I've got no problem with anything MJF has, has done. I mean, the dude's playing that, that role to a T. Of some interviews I've seen with Brian Pillman on YouTube, I don't think he likes his mom very much. So I'm pretty sure he welcomed the whole, you know, mom zinger there. Maybe so. Yeah, maybe so. But, um, but yeah, it, it was okay match. Um, it was nice to see Julia Hart. You know, she's always nice to look at. So, um, yes, sir. In her, uh, in her little cheerleader outfit. Uh, so that was nice. But, uh, MJF with the victory there. The next match was Malachi Black and Cody Rhodes. And we did get a nice little, surprise uh with brandy rhodes uh finally coming back after hey. her yeah she uh well cody came out did his grand little entrance and and then brandy walked out one of the tunnels uh to a nice little pop i think and what was she wearing what was she wearing i uh, some like uh honestly i don't remember i feel like it was like, uh, kind of like a an american kind of coat first of all did you I don't know if you saw Cody's cape he had on. This cape uh, was uh, like a half a mile long. Um, uh, it, it was it was wild. I mean, he obviously was a little extra with uh, with that cape, but he came out. Orn came out with him, and then Brandy comes out. 
So, and uh, him and Malachi get in there and they start wrestling, doing their thing. And of course, you know, we all talked about, well, of course, now Cody's going to come back, put himself over Malachi and whatnot. There was a point in the match where the fans definitely started to boo Cody Rhodes. Uh oh. Uh, it, it, it was big time. And he kind of started doing some heelish things. And then there was even a, a point where I think Malachi threw Cody out of the ring. And then Malachi kind of sat like in the ring, Indian style, kind of like CM Punk does. And then Brandy decides to get in the ring and sit right across from him and just flip him off. And Malachi just laughs at her. And I'm like, what? Why? Like, I don't know why she got in the ring and, and just flipped him off. And She likes the attention, too. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's the thing. I, I guess she, she's been away for so long, she had to kind of – Make sure she she got her 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 fifteen seconds in, in the spotlight there, but we yeah, the fans. Well, maybe. Well, maybe it's like you were saying because Brandy's always been kind of a heel, so maybe they're about to make a little heel faction. I wonder if he, you know, gets with QT and he was like, you know, we were playing you guys all along, uh, and they reunite the Nightmare Family and everybody's a heel. Oh, uh, maybe so, but uh, yeah, who knows? Uh, I don't know. I think I thought I read. I thought I read an article that said something about Cody Rhodes would retire. He said he would retire before turning heel. So, and there was a moment in the, in the match where like he was beating down on Malachi, and like the ref tried to kind of step in, and like he kind of shoved the referee. Like he didn't shove him, but like he kind of just shoot him off of him or whatever. So he kind of had a little heel tendency there. And uh, thank goodness Malachi Black ultimately won the match. But uh, so Malachi Black now two and zero against Cody Rhodes, but I'll be curious to see how they do this with Cody. You know that the fans are, you know, because obviously Cody, you know, he puts himself over, tries to get the fans, you know, cheering for him and everything, and and they were not cheering for him on on Wednesday night. So I'll be curious to see how they book Cody Rhodes if they do try to turn him heel or how they play this because the fans are booing him. I mean, it's it's blatant uh, that they're booing him and. Uh, they might be giving him not necessarily go away heat, but yeah, go away heat, I guess is the, the best way to, to describe it. You think Cody's booking himself like this, or it's like Tony Khan? Uh, I think ultimately it, it's, um, I think Tony Khan gets final approval, but I'm pretty sure that like, especially when it comes to Cody, since he's an EVP, that Tony, you know, he, he kind of lets Cody like, all right, tell me what you got, what you want to do. And he might make like some small adjustments and say, okay, let's do this. Okay, we'll do it your way, but with my my twist in it like this or whatever the case may be. So I think that's I think that's how it goes. I don't know for sure, but would yeah. a crew say, yeah, she does weird shit no one cares about, but let's not forget that is one fine-ass chocolate mama. Yeah, she is fine as hell, but she can't wrestle worth a, worth a damn. And sometimes nah. I think – and that's the thing – I. And you know what? And this is another thing, too. Cody kind of got into it with Arn a little bit, too, at, at ringside during the match, too. And hmm. I think Arn got hit or something or, or knocked down, I think. And Cody went to check on Arn, and Arn got, like, mad at him. I was like, what are you doing? Don't check on me. Like, stick to the match. Like, I'm fine. Like, don't worry about me, you know? So there was kind of some animosity there a little bit. Yeah, I think I read another thing how I think Arn Anderson was like, yeah, I think Cody's – uh, going a little too Hollywood or whatever the case may be. I think that's that's and th- that that's another thing with them too. Uh, they you know they got their new reality show. I think that starts maybe this week. 
As a matter of fact, I might give it a watch, though. It looks like it might be good, but I think they're just trying to be too... Like I said, Hollywood's a good term to use, too mainstream, and that's the thing. I don't know what they're trying to do. I think they're... I don't know. Sometimes, and I don't want to accuse them of this, but they might be using the AEW platform to propel themselves into like some kind of Hollywood career or something beyond wrestling. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't know. Um, but the fans are definitely, definitely not feeling Cody Rhodes or maybe not even Brandy right now at, at this point, but he uh, wants to I'm be certainly offers a Malachi black. He wants to be AEW's version of the Miz and like Arn Anderson, even. Yeah, Arn Anderson was on the outside of the ring going, dude, I'm not bitch made like my son. Get back in there. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how that match went down. But uh, Malachi Black went over. Thank goodness. So, uh, like I said, I'm curious to see how they book Cody going forward. Sting and Darby Allen defeated FTR uh, by submission. Sting just continues to impress the hell out of me, man. That, that dude could still go. It, it truly is amazing. Uh, they put on a really good match there. I don't have really many thoughts on uh, on that match, didn't uh, he go a power driver? Do what? Didn't he take a power driver? Yeah, he did. It, uh, well, I think he did. Like leading up, like the the build up to the match, they had a segment where they came out and attacked him, and they did like the, he jumped off the. I can't remember if he got pile drive during the match, but definitely in a segment to build up the match, they did their little double team pile driver to uh, to to sting. Certainly in the build to the to the match. Like, I, I want to slap whoever booked that in their face. Like, I know Sting is incredible, and he's I, absolutely gifted as an athlete, but he's 62 years old, man. I think they're taking extra precautions for Sting because um, I remember, like, when Brian Cage, like, powerbombed the hell out of him way back when he first got here. They were saying how, like, he wore extra padding. They actually extra padded that, that section of the ring just for Sting. So I think they're really looking out for Sting. And like I said, I I, I feel like if they – I'm almost positive. I'm not 100% sure, but I feel like they tell Sting, hey, look, we want to do this. Is this cool with you? I, I feel like they get the A-OK from Sting. It, when it t- comes to doing things that could affect his neck, obviously, or his, his back or whatever the case may be, because obviously he had those problems that made him have to retire from WWE. But Thanks a lot, Seth. Yeah. Um, so I'm almost positive they probably check with Sting before they, you know, say we're going to do this or we're going to do that. They check with Sting like, hey, you cool with doing this? And he probably says, yeah or no, or whatever the case may be. So, Well, I mean, of course he's going to say, yeah, because he's Sting. He's the man. But I mean, at the same time, he's 62. Yeah, but I think Sting, like if he thought something wouldn't work or might harm him or might injure him. He might be like, hey, look, I really don't want to, you know, I want to be, because I'm sure Sting probably tells him, hey, look, I may be at the tail end of my career, but I still got some mileage left on me, so I feel like this could take some of that mileage off, and I don't want to, you know, he's not going to want to do anything that takes mileage off of him that he has left. See, Crew said you have to slap Sting, because I'd be a shiny nickel. He was like, pile drive. (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean hey look the sting's work in aew is is top notch i I applaud sting man he's really going above and beyond in my opinion for for aew to help get them help with this company up uh, out there so kudos to him um let's see here what is where's my matches at okay here we go 
And then uh, the main event for Dynamite was uh, Dr. Britt Baker taking on Ruby Soho. Um, This match to me, uh, it didn't do too much for me. It was an okay match. It wasn't a bad match. Um, Dog, Ruby sucks. I don't. I don't want to say she sucks. She, she's she's average. Sucks. She's average. She's not like she's, she's so good. Slow. She's good, but she doesn't have that next level. Like no. that's gonna make you go whoa. Like she's good, but and I, I don't know. She that's the thing. That was her like only what second or third match. She hasn't had many matches, obviously in AEW. But um, what, what, what was that reaction for? I mean, it's not like 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 you're saying she hasn't had that many matches in AEW. It's not like she's coming fresh out of the nightmare factory, bro. She's been doing this for a while, and I like I said before a few weeks ago, I don't remember her in WWE, which I think is probably a thing because she probably sucked then too. But I I thought she was better than this, and when she came in in the Battle Royal, and she did her thing with Thunder Rose, and I'm like, they let this bitch win. She sucks. <laughs> Thunder well, Rose was right there. Well, like I said, they, they put on an okay match. It wasn't nothing spectacular. Obviously, Dr. Britt Baker went over, retained the women's uh, championship. Thank God. But uh, like I said, somebody that I, I watched online, I listened to talk about it, kind of put it perfectly, I think, and saying how, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, you're always going to get like a, a 7 out of Ruby. You're not going to get that 8 or 9 or 10 out of her. Or, you mean you might, but... Typically, you're wow. always going to get a seven out of her, out of ten. Yeah, no, she'll she, never reach you're not going to get that next level. level. So, God, she's so bad. But yeah, that was a AEW Dynamite Grand Slam, and then of course they had Rampage Grand Slam, which I didn't even get a chance to watch yet because I've just been so busy. But I'll, I'll go over that. Uh, CM Punk defeated Powerhouse Hobbs. I think I did see bits and pieces of that match. I mean, another great match. CM Punk's been putting on some a couple of great matches so far in, in AEW. Um, he defeats Powerhouse Hobbs. So CM Punk now, he's 2-0. You know, he's starting to maybe build some wins. We'll see when they decide to put him in a in a title feud coming up at, at some point. The, uh, the Super Click uh, with uh, Adam Cole and Young Bucks defeated Christian Cage and Jurassic Express uh, via pinfall. Who is with the uh, Young Bucks? Do what? Who was with the Young Bucks? Adam Cole, baby. Oh, okay. Is that why you asked? Because I, I didn't say Adam <laughs> Cole, baby. Yes, sir. So it was Adam Cole, baby, and uh, the Bucks uh, that defeated Christian Cage and Jurassic Express. And then you had the men of the year, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page with Dan Lambert, who, by the way, is... Talk about a, a chicken shit heel to just, <laughs> like... Yeah. He's, he's really good on the mic. Like, he's... I, like he's he's annoying, but like when it comes to drawing heat, dude, he 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 knows how to do it. And like he doesn't he doesn't fumble his promos, and he says like a lot of shit. Like yeah, I'm very impressed with his his promo skills. Like I didn't even know who this guy was until I seen him on AEW. But the fact is that like he gets on a mic and basically shits on AEW. Like the way he executes it, I'm I'm actually impressed. So I can't even be that mad at Dan Lambert. He's basically like. Some people think he's he's they they're using him to pretend to be like a, a, the Jim Cornette that's actually there and just shit on AEW. But yeah, um, you remember back in the day when I used to try to push MLW on you like an ugly cousin of mine? Yeah, like he he was in there with one of his fighters, King Mo, 
Okay. Uh, and he would do the same thing. He was so good. I wonder if some of his fighters are actually going to wrestle. Well, I know they got a little physical. Uh, I think they did get a little physical on, on Rampage with um, with the inner circle, Jericho and Hager. So I don't know if they're going to actually <laughs> wrestle any matches, but it's um, – and they got uh, – what's her name? Paige Van Zant there with who, oh, man. Yeah, boy. She's doing better fighting now. She's got too pretty of a face for that. Well, she's – I mean, she's obviously a good fighter, so she she probably ain't got nothing to worry about as far as getting hit in the face. She's probably pretty. No, good she got trounced last time. She was oh, all really? blue and puffy. Yeah, she got yeah. beat the hell up by this girl named Britton Hart. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think the some of his fighters they get, did get a little physical uh, Friday with uh, with Jericho and Haker, who's obviously an MMA guy himself. But yeah. A minute of the year, finally get a win. I feel like they never. I mean, if they wrestled, it wasn't on TV. I think they maybe got some dark matches going for them. But I think that was their first television win in, in, in a hot minute. Uh, the new AEW World Tag Team Champions, the Lucha Brothers and Santana and Ortiz, they defeated the Hardy Family Office and the Butcher and, uh, well, which is Isaiah Cassidy, Mark Quinn with Private Party and the Butcher and the Blade as well. Uh, Penelope Ford defeated Anna Jay by pinfall. A little quick singles match there. But that was hot. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm so I'm surprised they didn't have Anna Jay go over uh, on that one. And then, uh, boy, this is one I wish I could have saw. I might have to go back and watch it. But uh, the lights out match with uh, Suzuki Goon and uh, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. John Moxley and Eddie Kingston actually uh, got the victory there. And uh, I saw a couple of highlights from that match. Boy, they I expected nothing less uh, from from those guys and, and going all out w- with that match. There's a reason that match uh, main evented. Uh, the Friday night. So, who's in Suzuki Goon? Uh, do what? Who's in Suzuki Goon? It's a uh, Lance Archer and Minoru Suzuki. Oh damn! Yeah. So yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. So there you go. But um, overall, you know, these two nights, uh, like I said, I didn't get to see much of Rampage. I'm gonna go back and watch it. But based on what I, I mean, I saw all of Dynamite. It was a great show. Uh, the crowd was hot. It seemed like everything went well for for AEW. Um, they've already talked about going back there next year. And I think Arthur Ashe Stadium was like, you know, we'd love to have you guys come back even sooner than a year from now. So even Arthur Ashe <laughs> you know Stadium. Yeah, Arthur Ashe Stadium was definitely, um, you know, all, all for AEW coming back whenever they wanted. Uh, and then the run-in by suicide. Yeah, I think I did read something about a run-in by suicide. Uh, their crews, like I said, I, I got to go. Uh, I've been so busy. I got to go watch. Um, like suicide for them. TNA suicide, like the guy that looks like a superhero, Maybe or the so guy too. that was like in like um, LAX. Well, no, LAX is uh, I think LAX is Santana, Santana and Ortiz, but I don't know if they had a guy with him named Suicide. But um, oh, that that guy's name was Homicide. I'm sorry. There you go. Um, yeah, Cruz might be able to answer that question there in the chat for you there uh, real quick. But Next um, Tuesday one, we need to get uh, Cruz in here as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this was kind of a last-minute decision yesterday. I was like, hey, I'm busy Thursday. Let's do it on Tuesday. You're going to have to help me remember that because I think I got the CTE. <laughs> <laughs> I think I do. All right. So, yeah, final thoughts on, on AEW, uh, the, the Grand Slam shows. I mean, it was awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing if AEW – goes into some other unique venues around the country. Like Arthur Ashe Stadium is obviously one that a wrestling show had never been in before. Curious to see if 
they do that with some other venues around the country. So I'm definitely uh, glad that happened. I think it was a big event for a big success for for AEW. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm no idea. Saw clips, uh, but it was uh, Eddie Kingston's friend suicide. Okay, so that's what that's what Cruz said. So, uh, but yeah, AEW Grand Slam. It was a a great success in my opinion. And uh, speaking of a, a great success, I think this partnership with uh, AEW that they just got with the Owen Hart Foundation is going to be a great success. They released a, um, what they call that, a press release last week. It said, All Elite Wrestling and the Owen Hart Foundation, a nonprofit charity which provides a vast range of assistance and opportunities to individuals in need across the world are collaborating to honor the legacy of late wrestler Owen Hart a beloved figure in the professional wrestling community and beyond. This collaboration includes launching the annual Owen Hart Cup Tournament within AEW, which will see the winner receive a cup known as the Owen, as well as the production and distribution of unique and original Owen Hart merchandise, including specified retail goods, as well as the upcoming AEW console video game. I think I did read that. When that console game comes out, Owen Hart will be a playable character in, in the video game. So you, you oh, can play as Owen Hart, which, as far as I know, that that's never been done in a WWE. Um, at least, you know, since Owen died in '99, um, if there was any games that came up before that, obviously, I guess Owen would be on it. But since then, I don't think I don't know if Owen's been on. Well, I think he might have been on a couple of games as like an unlockable character, but. Yeah, this is gonna be pretty cool to play as Owen on uh, on this new AEW game. And Crew said, "Oops, I fucked up. It was homicide. So it was homicide. So there you go, homicide and suicide. You know, two different things here. You gotta distinct the two. But uh, yeah, the partnership with the, the Owen Hart Foundation, AEW. I think that is a that's a big move for for AEW because obviously they they don't want to partner with WWE. Uh, they they don't want nothing to do with WWE. So why not uh? Why not AEW? And that's a, that's exactly what we're gonna get. So I'm really excited to see what kind of uh, things come out come to fruition with this partnership with the Owen Hart Foundation. Yeah, and you know, I mean, obviously it's a great thing because you know they're doing great things, and Owen Hart is you know really beloved by the wrestling universe. But once again, what another power play from Tony Khan to whip out his wiener and just <laughs> tell Vince just kiss it. <laughs> just a tip. Just a tip. Just kiss it. Just a tip. Yeah, just a tip. Yeah, Tony Khan, man. He's and then now you know being back on the road, they're making that money again. So yeah, man. And his wallet's already pretty, you know, pretty nice. Oh, and it's nice fat. And thick. Yeah, it's pretty nice and thick. So yeah, when you get that money, man, you can make a lot of big good things happen. He's the modern day Scrooge McDuck to swimming in that money vault. Yeah, you're right. He's. He's like uh, somebody said. He's a. He, he, he. It's like he has. He's a rich guy with all the wrestling action figures, and he's. He's just playing with them. <laughs> Let's see. Now this is what, Cruz said. Let's be real. That Brody Lee tribute show might be the most important show they ever did. Yeah, that's the most. Imp- I w- well, yeah, I guess it's it's debatable as far as important show. The the most. Uh, I, I don't know how to describe that show. It was very, um, I don't know, uh, what else Crew said. People 
signing because of it getting Owen Hart shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that Brody Lee show back in December, that was just, that might have been the greatest tribute show in the history of wrestling. Um, it was, it was well done. I mean, it was the most, in my opinion, it, it could have been booked any better than it was. I mean, it was, and it, it's arguably the one of the most important shows they've done. Um, obviously how the locker room handled the Brody Lee situation was a big factor in getting CM Punk over to AEW. So I know that doesn't really go with the show, but. You know, things like that. You know, they, they know how to handle stuff like that, and that's really telling uh, about how they run things over in AEW. So um, it's debatable whether it was the most important show, uh, but it was, it, it was definitely, I mean, if you want to talk about one of the top five more memorable AEW Dynamites ever, that's easily in the top five, maybe top two or three, um, depending on who you ask. But, um yeah, so I don't even know where I was. Now we were talking about the um the, I think we were wrapping up the Owen Hart Foundation talk um and whatnot, but it, it, that's really a great And we were talking about Tony uh, Khan's junk. Oh yeah, uh getting Vince to to kiss it. <laughs> Somebody had a big sign at, at I think it was at uh, at Grand Slam. It was a big sign in the upper deck. It said Vince fears Tony. Oh, snap. Big old sign, yeah. I don't think Vince fears Tony, but Yeah. At some point, he might. Maybe not right now, but he might. He might at some point. You know, somebody said the other day. I can't remember who it was. Oh, I wish I did, but it was somebody intimate with WWE, like still works there or worked there for a long time. They said, you know, McMahon gets his rocks off on competition, so they were like, just wait to see what he has in store because now he knows it's on. Yeah, I did see uh, Bubba Ray Dudley or Bully Ray, whatever you want to call him now, did tweet out something about how, you know, when Vince has that competition, he's happiest and he's like, he, 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 yeah, yeah, he he will perform his best. Uh, I mean, he's not really performing, but you, you get what I'm saying. He's gonna bring his all when he's got that competition. The, the the stronger AEW gets, the more Vince is gonna try to outdo him, and sometimes it'll work, sometimes it might not, but. Um, and, and I tell you what, as of late, uh, I know the WWE product has been kind of falling off, but they're, they're showing some signs of, of a little bit of promise. I will say that. I mean, they're, they're starting to kind of do some things right. Um, speaking of, it's a good transition into uh, extreme rules. Uh, the, the review, uh, from this past, uh, Sunday, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and dive into it from the, the list I have right here in front of me from Reddit. I don't think these matches happen necessarily in order. Actually, they might have. No, not, not in order. But uh, we'll start with the pre-show. Uh, Liv Morgan versus Carmella. Liv Morgan got the victory. It's actually a huge pop. Yeah, you don't. went crazy for her to to get a nice little victory there over Carmella in the uh, in the pre-show. And then uh, in the main show, you had the New Day versus Bobby Lashley, AJ Styles, and Omos. The New Day won that one. And uh, that led to uh, last night, I think, Bobby Lashley and Big E fought for the WWE Championship. Uh, and Big E still WWE Champion. I think they had wrestled a match. And then the uh, next thing, you know, this is, this is another good thing about, you know, WWE, how they're kind of starting to have some do some good things now. 
They've uh, reunited the Hurt Business uh, with Bobby Lashley, Cedric Alexander, Shelton Benjamin, Benjamin, and an MVP, which is a group that should have never, never been broken up in the first place. They got them back together, and um, and now they're talking about the fans won like a, a three-way feud with the Hurt Business, the New Day, and the Bloodline, and of course with the Roman and the Usos, which, my goodness, uh, give, me, give me all of that. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued about that, but... Uh, yeah, so Extreme Rules, um, the New Day defeated Bobby Lashley, AJ Styles, and Omos. And then um, the Usos took on the Street Profits for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. The Usos uh, retained those titles as well. You had Charlotte Flair and Alexa Bliss for the Raw Women's Championship. Charlotte Flair retains there. And uh, I think they actually killed Lily, her little uh, doll there. So, And now Alexa Bliss apparently is going to be off of TV, but I think we're going to talk about that maybe in in rumor mill coming up but uh r.i.p to lily as uh she is now done and hopefully alexa bliss's little gimmick uh, is done since you know the fiend is not there so what's the point of alexa bliss continuing the gimmick she's got going on now hopefully when she comes back she is uh, the goddess yet again uh the united states championship was a triple threat damian priest jeff hardy and sheamus and uh, damian priest uh, actually retained and a lot of folks are saying how, you know, this is the best NXT call-up that they have booked on the main roster in a while with, with Damian Priest. I mean, they're like, he, he's just, he's always winning. He's always on top, and, like, he's not getting buried or anything like that. Like, they're really pushing this dude, and they're pushing him at an, an exceptional rate. They're not pushing him too much, but they're pushing him just enough. And, obviously, he had the great match with, uh, tagged with Bad Bunny. At WrestleMania, now he's the United States champion. So they're really doing some good things with Damian Priest, and I think they are really setting him up to kind of be the the next uh, wave of you know main eventers in, in, on the main roster, at least on Monday Night Raw. So, well, I just uh, checked; he's thirty nine years old. I mean, you can't wait too long to push this guy if you're going to push him. Yeah, I mean, he's been around the business for a while, and uh, you know, he's at his age right now, which you know, he seems like he's still in great shape too. He, he oh, still yeah. has at least another good, I'd say, at least another good six years. And I'm um, usually guys in good shape like that; they can go till they're about their 45, and then they might they can still obviously wrestle after that, but they might, you know, start losing a step every year or whatever the case may be. But he, he may not, so we'll, we'll see what happens. But he's um he's he's been doing good things in, in WWE. The uh, WWE SmackDown Women's Championship, Becky Lynch and uh, Bianca Belair, that was actually uh, ended up in a disqualification. Becky Lynch won. Um, I think Sasha came out and and first of all, I didn't I didn't watch Extreme Rules because Peacock is straight garbage. But um, <laughs> yeah, Peacock is trash. Uh, so dumpster fire. I had it for SummerSlam and then I got rid of it after that. I'm sorry. I, the WWE Network. I know they throwing them a billion dollars, but. The WWE Network was so much better than Peacock. It's unreal. But um, so I didn't watch it, but I did see like Sasha came out and uh, got interfered in the match. And uh, now it looks like they're going to maybe set up like a Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, Sasha Banks triple threat uh, somewhere down the line. Should be pretty interesting there. And then hey, the main uh, event. Go ahead. Cruz says that he was a fantastic in ROH. And yeah, I remember hearing the buzz about him in ROH. Damian Priest were talking about, but he had such a cooler name. What was his name in Punishment ROH? Mar- it was Punishment Martinez. Was yeah, that's right. I don't, I guess ROH owned that. I don't know. Punishment Maybe Martinez so, yeah. is such a cool name. Damian Priest ain't a bad name. No, it's not. 
But um, yeah, Punishment Martinez. Yeah, he because I, I, I remember he, hearing about him even before he was in WWE. So yeah, he was. He's always been around, and he's always been a really good player in the game. Um, but yeah, the uh, and also the WWE Universal Championship. It was Roman Reigns taking on the Demon Finn Balor, and uh, the the big the big talk out of this match was the fact that I think Balor went to the top row was going to do the Coupe de Grasse, and uh, the uh, the turnbuckle like came loose and and Balor like fell, and um, Roman ultimately won, and now uh, now the Demon's two losses are to two Samoans named Joe. So um, so the only way you can beat the demon is if you're a Samoan named Joe, apparently, in WWE. But, uh-huh. um, so, yeah, now they announced that we're going to get Roman versus Brock at Crown Jewel. I think it's in, I don't know if it's in late October, or early November. But so we were wondering if, you know, Brock, maybe I'll, they were talking about maybe Brock was going to show up uh, at Extreme Rules. I don't think he did, though. But, um, He's next in line for Roman. That should be a very interesting match. Well, I wonder. Well, I wonder since they're gonna like you know blow their wad on this match at Crown Jewel if like the Prince is like bankrolling Brock Lesnar coming back. Ah, uh, yeah, now, that's more than likely. That, that that's what the case is. So, um, you know, the Prince got that money, man. He's forking over. Yes, he's forking over all sorts of dough for. For all the big stars, but uh, but yeah, that was Extreme Rules. Actually, I heard uh, it, overall it was it was a good show. Uh, I, one of the, the comments I saw someone on Twitter was saying how a lot of the wrestlers were really working their butts off. Um, at I mean the booking, some of the booking obviously was questionable, but uh, with how you know specifically with how Balor, uh, you know the whole turnbuckle thing that that was just kind of wild, but. Well, did it look like it was an actual like flub, or did it look fake as hell? Uh, I mean, I guess it's 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 up for interpretation, depending on how you see it. But I did see the video clip, and I mean, it, it's hard to say because I didn't see it live, and I like when I watched it back, I knew that obviously it was a work, so it was hard to really judge it without watching it live. So I can't really, I guess, comment on it. But I mean, it looked legit. I mean, the, the turnbuckle came loose and. Ballard took a, a fall, and I mean that part looked, you know, legit. I guess you can say, but I don't understand why they're poo pooing on the demon. That's such a cool gimmick, bro. And like now he's really losing. Cool, yeah. It's like it's he's done as the like he can't come out as a demon again. I mean he can. I mean obviously you know you lost to Roman Reigns, and th- there's no shame in losing to Roman Reigns, especially yeah, but, now. But you used to when he came out as a demon, and, you knew that yeah. was your ass. Oh yeah, for sure. And, and now it's like it's not special anymore. I mean, it's still kind of special because it's it's not like they bring them out every pay per view. They only bring them out in special situations, like you know, uh, you know, against Roman for the Universal Title. Uh, Cruz said the Fed poops on <laughs> all supernatural <laughs> characters. We know this. Yeah, I mean, that's Chris Canyon. But, I mean, except the Undertaker. I mean, the Undertaker was, in my opinion, considered supernatural and. <clears throat> You know, obviously he's one of the all-time greats. Um, maybe nowadays they, they poo-poo on him though. Um, so yeah, the the whole turnbuckle thing was obviously the the point of interest uh, or point of talking point of interest uh, at least after that match. But if you're the demon, you know you can shake off a loss to, to to Roman Reigns. I mean, Roman's beaten everybody that they put in front of him. 
over the past year and and then some. And that's why he's your tribal chief. Yeah, I mean he's 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 putting in the best work of his career right now. There's, there's no really there's no denying that. So. Oh yeah, this uh, this gimmick, this whole heel run, mm-hmm. top notch, long time coming. Oh yeah, they they needed to do that a long time ago, and now they pulled the trigger on it. It's it, it's working wonders for them. All right, let's move on now to uh, the the next topic of discussion: uh, the dark side of the ring, the backlash that people are getting because of the dark side of the ring. And well, the crew said one more thing: they changed his gimmick midway through his career. How is that not a poo poo? <laughs> But you, like, who's he talking about? He's talking about Finn, or is he talking be about Finn? Yeah, uh, I don't know. If they well, I don't know. That's the thing. because well, that's the thing about gimmick changes in WWE. I mean, obviously. Oh, Taker. Oh, Taker. Yeah. Well, that that's an that's an interesting thought because. I feel like obviously he was, you know, in the Ministry of Darkness and, the, you know, whatever in the 90s. And then he came back in 2000 as the American badass. And granted, The Undertaker had been around for like 10 years at that point. So I don't know if that was a Vince thing. I don't know if Taker might have said, hey, Vince, let's try this for a little while. And that lasted about three or four years. And then they went back to. Damn and I'll be honest, the, the American badass gimmick for the Undertaker it worked, in my opinion, Bro. especially at, at the time. For some reason, it just worked, and he came back as a face. And I think a lot of the majority of that, he was a heel uh, for for a lot of that run as well. well I, it might have been fifty fifty back and forth, but I tell you what, I was thrilled though. Like, and I remember in two thousand four when he came back as the Dead Man, oh, I was so pumped about that because at that point. I started watching wrestling in 99, so I didn't get much of the Ministry of Darkness taker. The beginning of my wrestling watching career, um, I got more of the dead, the American Badass Undertaker. And then, so when he came back in 04 as the Dead Man, I was like super pumped to see the Undertaker as the Dead Man. So, um, but yeah, uh, Dark Side of the Ring, speaking of the dark darkness, um, Dark Side of the Ring, so... The Plane Ride from Hell episode came out a couple of weeks ago. I actually watched it, and boy. You know, I know they've had a couple of seasons of this stuff already, and I guess, has any, has there been any, have you seen any of the Dark Side of the Ring episodes at all? Oh, yeah, almost all of them. I, I haven't seen, I've seen bits and pieces of them here and there. I think I might have watched a couple of them full, all the way through. Has there been any more negative backlash from a episode than the, the plane ride from hell episode. I mean, that's no, the, the only one that could have had some backlash like that, but the guy's dead. It was, it was the one about, you know, Jake, the snake and his family, because his dad was a pedophile, mm-hmm. uh, but he's dead. And, you know, and he was, you know, Grizzly Smith, he was a big wrestler back in the day, uh, but he's dead. So he can't, t- he can't take the heat. So I guess people were like, well, yeah. nah, I mean, there's nobody to throw this heat on. So Flair is still alive and kicking. So he's just yeah. the Internet's punching bag. Yeah. I mean, he got what, what he, he got pulled from like endorsements and obviously WWE. And it's the thing WWE let him go. Like a few weeks prior to that episode coming out, it makes me wonder if maybe they knew something. Maybe they were like, hey, Rig, this is about to come out about you, and it ain't going to be a good look, so we're not doing anything with you. Might as well just let you go. And obviously he showed up with Andrade at AAA Mania 
against Kenny Omega. And he showed up this NWA pay-per-view. Yeah, so and but you know, since all this came out now, I don't think anyone really wants to touch Rick as 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 bad as that is. I mean, and why would they? It's a nightmare. Yeah, I guess at this point, what's the what's the point in touching Rick? I mean, no no pun intended, but um, <laughs> it, it's uh man. Then there were so many other crazy things that happened on that flight. I mean, Scott Hall was like passed out, just out of it. Uh, Michael Hayes, the 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 ponytail got got clipped, and Brock and Mister Perfect fought. Uh, on the plane and and, and like and apparently Vince was in the front of the plane the whole time like it's crazy how Vince was on the plane and all this stuff still somehow went down but you know what that's what wrestling was back in the day it was yeah, all this, this all- was in 2002 by the way like like a lot, like a lot of people were i saw some people that were kind of like shocked at how this was just in 2002 some people were like man i thought that was in the 80s or something like that or the 90s like, no, that was in 2002, which granted 2002 was still a much different time than right now. It was almost 20 years ago, but it, it's crazy to think how, you know, not that long ago it really was compared to what a lot of people may have thought is when that actually went down. Yeah, back then it was all about alcohol, pills, and dick helicopters. Yeah, and, you know, re- obviously I, I watched the whole thing. You know, they were on the tarmac for like, a handful of hours and then they finally got on the plane and they were already like pissed drunk and messed up when they got on the plane. Then they had Mm -hmm. the seven or eight hour trip back over the Atlantic. So man, it's uh, when when they came out with, I think this is season three of of dark side of the ring. uh, When they came out with the list of episodes, I saw the plane ride from hell and I was like, that one seems interesting. So I kind of looked into it. I read about it. And I was like, well, I can't wait for that one to come out. And when it came out, boy. And then another thing that happened, too, is uh, apparently, you know, Tommy Dreamer was in some hot water because he he kind of defended Flair, you know, in, in that in that episode. And he got suspended by Impact. And now I don't know if anyone's going to touch Tommy Dreamer because uh, he defended Flair. And yeah. probably not the smartest move on, on, on Tommy's part, but. I don't know. I guess he didn't realize he was going to get such backlash from it. Yeah, but you know what? Tommy's old school. He's he's going to protect the boys. You know, Rob Van Dam, he's been his own man the whole time he's been in the business. You know, he's just yeah. going to tell it like it is, and God bless him. But I tell you what, um, I was talking with Mark Mailer the other day, shout out. And, of course, he was back in the day when we used to be with the uh, Gorilla Position crew. Uh, he was yeah. one of the writers for the gorilla position. So he knows a lot of people in the biz and they said, you know, it came from an anonymous source, but they were like, why isn't anybody talking on this episode? How terrible of a human being Dustin Rhodes was at this time in his life. He said he put flair to shame <laughs> and, and they yeah. made it seem kind of like a hero, even though he was a drunken idiot and singing to Terry and stuff like that. You know, the stewardess was like, he's the only one that came to shove Rick off of her. Yeah. But apparently around this time in his life, you know, he was a dog. Yeah, and I mean, back then he probably was, deal- you know, he was drinking alcohol, taking the pills and doing all that stuff too. And, you know, that that, that could do some damage to, to a person, uh, you know, mentally for sure and turn them into somebody that they're not. But it seems like he's obviously a much better person now. But, um, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, they, they go through those times and, you uh, it was it was a crazy episode. I mean, there was so much to to digest from that episode, uh, and then of obviously the stuff with Rick. You know, you, you don't want to 
you know, Rick's one of the all-time greats, and you don't you you hate to hear that stuff about a guy like Rick Flair, a guy that a lot of people looked up to that want to be like him, and then you hear stuff like that, and it's like, man, it's it's it's, it's unfortunate that. It, it, assuming it went down the way it did, you know, I wasn't there. I, you know, Rick's denying. Rick's denied it. I think it said on the episode. Rick Flair has denied those allegations. But then the stu- you know, the the flight attendant says she has her side of the story. Rick probably has his side of the story. Um, uh, assuming that the what happened happened, um, it's it, it is. It's, just, it's unfortunate, and uh, it, it's it sucks that uh, something like just one incident like that. Uh, it, it put you know cast a shadow over the the career that that Ric Flair had. So yeah, and you know what? If anybody out there is listening, and you know, just like Tommy Dreamer, you had Ric Flair's back on this. How far it went with the stewardess, we'll never really know for sure. But one telltale sign is the WWE paid this chick to shut up about it, and yeah. she did for a long time. Her husband told her to take the money. Yeah. So the WWE knew he was in the wrong. So how far was he in the wrong? Was he just, you know, barricading her in or did he actually grab her hand and make him make her touch his wiener? I mean, we don't know for sure, but we do know that the WWE gave her some hush money. Yeah. And, you know, Flair, just like you said, it sucks to hear that our heroes were like this. And just the fact that he put, a woman in that position that is a stewardess. She's not a rat. She didn't go to a wrestling venue and want to get caught to the back to F you down. This is a stewardess just trying to give you drinks and food. Yeah. This is not a job. You know, it ain't like somebody that ran up to, now they did say that they were partying obviously in between because apparently they flew on the way there with the same crew that they flew back with. So, I don't know if Rick at somewhere in between maybe got a little comfortable with her with during in between the tour and partying and you know because apparently they were partying and drinking and going out during the tour so nothing was really mentioned about that but but she also said know. something about along those lines she was like you know you think back and you think was I too friendly did I smile too much you start to second guess yourself yeah mm terrible situation yeah very unfortunate uh but yeah so uh, if you haven't seen that yet go watch it it's a very interesting watch and uh like i said a lot to digest but um let's go ahead and jump now to rumor mill we got some rumor mill stuff you got there uh the first one is uh wwe's plans for alexa bliss so what you got for us Well, Alexa Bliss will be off WWE television for a few months, says Wrestling Inc. The site doesn't mention why, but speculation is to move on from that stupid-ass Lily gimmick. Thank God. (laughs) Praise the Lord Jesus. We want the goddess back. Definitely. That's what we need. So I want the the blonde hair down. I want the the old theme music. I want the the goddess. I want her coming out just looking. looking like Harley Quinn. Yeah, looking as sexy as ever. I mean, she still looks good with this new gimmick, but she looked way better with you know as the goddess. So, all right, the next one we got is um, could Dominic Mysterio be wearing a mask? We are in a pandemic, so I guess it wouldn't be the <laughs> it wouldn't be a bad idea. 
Apparently, the old man, Vince McMahon, is receptive to the idea of Dominic Mysterio donning a mask, turning heel, and claiming to be superior to his dad, per, West, uh, per WrestlingNews.co. Now, see, I thought they were going to maybe like make him wear a mask and obviously team with his dad and they match. They both wearing masks and whatnot, and maybe like obviously because obviously Ray's on the tail end of his career, and um, you know maybe you know it, it, it would signify like a passing of the torch. Like you know, Dominic, you're the next generation of Mysterio, so you know you're about to don the mask and and whatever the case may be. But if you have Dominic turn on Ray, nah, I don't like that. I'm not a fan of that. All right, let's see. Regarding speculation about why Rick Steiner is now Braun Breaker, or Rex Steiner is now Braun Breaker, a WWE source told WrestlingNews.co that Vince McMahon has no issue with Breaker's uncle, Scott Steiner, and a big reason Big Papa Pump isn't in the Hall of Fame is because Steiner uh, often said he doesn't want to be inducted. A PW Insider says the name change was just so that WWE could control the trademark. Yeah, that sounds about right. You can be in control of it. They'll do whatever they got to do. And they, we know that they are not shy about changing names. Yeah. Uh, Let's not use this great bloodline of the Steiners. Let's just change his name completely. Yeah. But apparently they're pretty big on him. I mean, they're pushing him already. It seems like to the moon in, in the new rebrand of NXT. I mean, he's already got the, the win over LA Knight. Uh, and, and they really, I really think they're trying to they're going to push him to the moon. He's going to be the next big up and coming star. And he looks great in the ring, by the way. I've seen yeah. his matches already. He looks phenomenal. It looks like he's going to be a star. But all I got to say to to Vince and crew, do not drop the ball on this guy. You got everything you need right there in front of you. Don't drop the ball on him. That'd be great if when he goes up to the main roster, it kind of like how you know. Dustin broke kayfabe when WCW wanted to send him out as this new character named Seven. You remember that? Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. And and like that'd be great if he was in the ring. He was like, "I am tired of this dumbass name, Braun Breaker. My name is Rex Steiner." Well, Braun Breaker is not like the worst name. It's better than Seven. Like Braun yeah. Breaker actually is not not the worst name in the world. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm curious. I'm very anxious to see what they do with him because, like I said, it seems like they're very high on him. He looks great in the ring. I think he, you know, obviously, uh, you know, he's still a little. He's new. You know, he's new in the business, but he's he's got the bloodline there. He's got the look. Uh, it's like he's got you know the skills there and everything. You know, hey, just got to polish him up a little bit, and we could have a big star on our hands before you know it. That's right. Well, that Patrick, that's another show in the can, son. Yes, sir. Uh, maybe we'll try to see if we can do it in person. I, I know we got a lot happening with our real jobs and a lot of moving around going on, but we'll see if we can maybe try to do it in person here. I got all the equipment here with, with me. but Well, we need uh, to try Facebook Messenger next time because I think our conversations may be better on Facebook Messenger because for some reason when we try to interject – with each other, this just totally cancels out the audio for some reason. Yeah, I mean, there might be a little bit of, of a delay there, but it ain't much of a delay. It's just, we'll, we'll try it. We could try it with Facebook Messenger next time, see how it goes. Yeah, and just throw it on OBS. Yeah, well, I got it here. So, well, do, do, you, do you have it on your computer? No. Nah. I say, get Dustin to let you, uh, well, you, 
you never really messed with it though, huh? No, I wouldn't know what I was doing, dude. Yeah, I might have to see if I can get it to work over here for me. Uh, we'll, we'll have to get that a little test run and, and see how that works out. Thanks to Cruz for showing up. Patrick, you got to remember, next time we do a Tuesday, we got to throw out the invite to Cruz as well. We're going to be doing another Tuesday show coming up uh, at some point this month because I know there's going to be another Thursday or two where I'm, I'm going to be busy with other things and we'll have to move it to a Tuesday. So, Cruz, be on the lookout in the next, I'd say, two to three weeks. So, we're going to have another Tuesday show and we'll definitely uh, shoot you an invite to come on and uh, talk some wrestling with us. Find us on your favorite social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube to search AMP Wrestling Podcast. Patrick, get us out of here, son. Outro. You've been listening to the Average Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast with David Boston and Patrick Fry. All opinions discussed in the show are those of Average Marks and do not represent any wrestling company, organization, or individual. This has been a Lake Area Media LLC production.